Blog Talk Radio. Sports, 
as well as Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night with his crew. Wayne Nash is in the saddle. How you doing, brother? Man, before we get started, first and foremost, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm 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 there for a square, man. I really can't complain. Really can't complain. Just getting quality time with uh with my son and in between his breaks and his classwork that he's doing from school and um, mm-hmm. getting to work with him more on the basketball court in the backyard, so I really can't complain at all. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, work on this game, you know, a little post maybe, you know, a little whatever. Uh, maybe whatever. if he was, if if the genetics is projecting to be as tall as me, then yeah, we're gonna get that post game going real soon. <laughs> but the thing is, you said <clears throat> Who said that was a good game between Philadelphia and New, and New England? Man, that was the one thing I could hold over Eagles fans. As great oh, as the I last two, it. three, yeah, as great as the last two or three decades have been for the Philadelphia Eagles as it pertains to their play within the conference, the one thing I could hold over their head was the fact that, ha, 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 y'all ain't going to Super Bowl, ha, 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 and then this happens. Yeah. It's one of you know what I days in recent memory, man. Common memory, though. The Patriots lost. You know, you got to understand, bro. I'm originally a New Yorker. I hate anything that comes out of Boston. Whether it be the, <laughs> well, maybe not the, well, maybe not the women when I'm single, but the teams, the culture, <laughs> that annoying-ass Boston accent. How do you like those apples? Ah, what do you want? Let me make you some shot at Go pack your car over there. I mean, I, this is driving me nuts. And a and I really hate this sports team. So this is this is a happy day for me. And I, I get it that you know, Washington fans, Dallas fans, especially Giants fans, everywhere hated that moment. Hell, Giants fans, they didn't know what to do. They they didn't know what to turn off the TV or pray that both teams were. Were, were like was just swallowed up in a hole underneath um, uh, the, the stadium in, in uh, Minnesota. I guess it's U.S. Bank Stadium, Minnesota, where the game was played. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> fine. And a clown from Lenice, who's an Eagles fan. But hey, as long as the Patriots lose, am I? It was a good day. And, and and that was the first person I congratulated. You know, she was one of the yeah. fans that I've known for years. That's been a tried and true Eagles fan. You know, I met Lanice back in 93, 94, and mm. she's been Philly all day. So, you know, she was one of the first people I had to, to, to contact and then let her know that, you know, hey, finally. Well, you know Welcome what? One, one last thing on this, brother. One last thing on this, brother, we'll move on. But, I, I you know, her. I, I didn't ask her this. I never asked her this. But I wonder if she said it in tears over this because, you know, Philly fans, especially Eagles fans, that's a football mm-hmm. town through and through. I don't know what anybody says. Um, and for their Eagles, for them to see the Eagles win, I mean, year after year, heartbreak after heartbreak, to finally sitting close to against the Patriots, no less. That had to be one cool ass feeling for them. And, you know, similar to like one of my boys from college. Named Tyrone. He's from New Orleans. Not not from New Orleans. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana. He was he's a big Saints fan. Now yeah. I remember he posted someone's picture of him lying on the floor, face down in tears, after they beat the Colts. 
a few years ago. Well, I should say probably yeah. 10, 10 years ago. And that that was a little more than 10 years ago. That that was cool enough to see in and of itself the Saints of all teams, the, the, the formal Aints win the Super Bowl. I mean, and that's a proud franchise, a proud fan base, you know, and a proud very proud city. Yeah. And to see that happen has to be one of the coolest things I've ever seen happen. And that's and, and, and that that's and, and, and having the person who, who shed tears and had his picture photographed all over Facebook, him face down sobbing when the game was over, had to be one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So I understand. I feel her if she did or not. I I, I feel it. And you know what though? One last thing, I I know I said one I say earlier, but uh, um, I, I I came close to I had to the fool when the Steelers won Super Bowl forty. Uh-huh. Um, that was my first time witnessing the Steelers win the Super Bowl. I mean, I've seen old old clips from NFL dot com and on NFL Network, um, mm-hmm. and you know, Super Bowl the first football game I vaguely remember watching with my dad was Super Bowl fourteen when the Steelers beat the Rams. But I vaguely remember that game, and I just mean mm-hmm. vaguely watching that game with them. I was six years old at the time, 1980. Um, but when they won it, and Jerome Bess's hometown, Detroit, Michigan, and you know, it was Super Bowl 40, I did the damn fool. I'm not. I I went outside my boy's house and screamed, yelled, and screamed. I I couldn't believe it. Actually witnessing my team winning the Super Bowl, and you know I never I didn't shed tears, but I think I would shed a tear if the Knicks win it, if, if the Knicks end up winning the Super Bowl, the Knicks I mean, oh. end up winning the, the finals. I would shed tears. That's probably the time I would shed tears. I can, I can I imagine because, but I, know, I, I, I would I, get I a little glassy eyed. Yeah, I would get a little glassy eyed if the if the Wizards ever got close to winning. Uh, a world championship, but yes, uh-huh. I mean, um, I vaguely remember um, the '82 Super Bowl. Of course, I, I I vividly remember that last touchdown that Riggo scored to make it 27-17. I do remember that, and of course, yeah. I terribly remember the following year in '83 when the Skins lost to the Raiders. And, of course, mm. I remember the Doug William year and the Mark Rippon year. I remember those vividly. Of course, I was middle school, high school at that point. But, um, right. yeah, my entire adulthood, man, to, to see the entire city just be inept. I mean, the Nationals, yes, just recently won, but I'm not a Nats fan. The Caps just right. recently right. won, but I'm not a huge hockey fan, and I can't go around beating right. my chest. Screaming the, the gay caps, I keep my my eyes open for them. You know, I root for them occasionally, but I'm not a caps fan. So to see the caps, the the the, the diehard caps fans respond to react, yeah, I I I don't even want to take that from them. I, I let them have that. That's them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hooray for y'all that 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 win world championships now, because you know a brother like me got to sit yeah. back in the, in the corner and and you know. <laughs> Lose my religion. Yeah, it's just bad, right. man. It's bad. But I, I could that's about to say your words especially, man. But yeah, that's 
So that's, that's why I say that I went to the whole diatribe, if you will, that about Lanice because I know she had she was emotional. I know she shed tears or not. But for one Aiken fan base to another to the other two with me and you, you and I, on, on mm-hmm. with me and my Knicks and on like the, the Wizards and, 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 and the skin, you know, I I can imagine. I, I can sympathize. But uh Yeah. It's all good. Maybe one of these days, but who knows? Maybe we, we can. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, we'll die. Uh, we'll be talking about the NFL All-Decade Team for 2010. Um, you know, it's one of those things, since there's no live sports going on, there's some shit else to do. We just dissect me and this crap like this. But <laughs> quickly, go through the offense. And the defense, I know you have thoughts on it. I got thoughts on it. But on offense, both the quarterback, Tom Brady, of course, Aaron Rodgers, hmm, running back, mm-hmm. Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, wide receiver, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. The quote-unquote flex position, if you will, was Darren Sproles. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Tight end, Rob Gronkowski. Travis Kelsey, no big problems there. Offensive tackles, Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas. Offensive guard, Jahiri, Jari Evans, rather. Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, Marsha Yanda, center, Alex Mack, Marquis Thompson, no beef there. Defensive ends, Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt. Defensive tackles, Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, Nagamakan Sue, no big deal, no big issues there. Um, uh, where, where am I? Chandler Jones, linebackers, Chandler Jones, Luke Keekley, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner, Patrick, Patrick Willis, no big there. Cornerbacks, Patrick Peterson, Darrell Reavers, Richard Sherman. That's funny, given that all three of, these, of those um, cornerbacks have beef with each other. Um, safety, <laughs> Eric Berry. Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, and defensive backs, uh, Chris Harris Jr. and Tyron Matthews. Um, specialist punters, punters, Johnny Hecker, Shane Leckler, kicker, Stephen Gostkowski, um, Justin Tucker, punt returners, uh, Tyreek Hill, Darren Sproles, kick returners, Devin Hester, and Cordell Patterson. And coaches, Bill Belichick, and with the unanimous uh, choices being kicker Justin Tucker, which mm-hmm. he's a legend in Baltimore. I mean, without him, Baltimore wouldn't win near as many games. Uh, yeah. Aaron Donald, J.J. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watt, mm-hmm. Marshall Yanda, Joe Thomas, Adrian Peterson, and Tom Brady. No problems with those unanimous selections are well-deserved. Let me ask you this. I think that there are there, there could be argument of a snub or two because I'm looking at the offense and I'm looking I'm thinking to myself where's Drew Brees? You're not going to uh-huh. put one up with Tom Brady, obviously, but where's Drew mm-hmm. Brees? Why is Aaron Rodgers ahead of Drew Brees on this list? I I, I mean it's, people make split hairs over those two. I mean Aaron Rodgers did win a chip this decade, this last decade. Um, uh, Drew Brees won it the, the decade before, but Drew Brees has been putting up numbers 
He set all sorts of NFL records, passing records. I mean, why not give him? Why show the man his, his his love? So, give me your thoughts on any snubs on the offensive side of the uh, NFL All Decade team. Okay, um, I think you may have missed Bob Miller. I think Bob Miller was also a uh, unanimous choice as yeah, well. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Bob Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah but Miller. on the offensive, on, on to answer your question on the offensive side of the ball. I heard a, dis- um, a discussion earlier today made about Russell Wilson and, and you know, mm-hmm. how good he is. I mean, it's 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 not debatable that he's good. And um, as a Skins fan, I'm still upset that uh, they chose uh, Brittle Bob over uh, Russell. But I digress. It's not about the Skins right now because, as you can see, none of them <laughs> made this list. But um, right. like you said, with Drew Brees, uh, if you look at his stats, especially uh, throughout this past uh, decade, um, he had more fourth-quarter comebacks than uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and also had more game-winning drives and also more passing yards. The thing that I think mm-hmm. that may have hurt him is I think he's pretty close to doubling up um, the interceptions throughout that time period. As uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, As a matter of fact, I know he has more interceptions than um, Brady and Rodgers combined. So I think that is the only thing that's probably hurting him. I, I think that um, uh, A. Rod may have more passing yards per game. I could be wrong about that, but like you said, mm-hmm. Drew Brees is highly debatable in that situation. But if you look at the interceptions, I think that's the one thing that probably knocks them out of that conversation between the other two. But, you know, you, you can't lose either way. Um, other potential snubs, uh, Demarius Thomas. Now, mm. yeah, he, he played more time than, than Megatron. Megatron is the one I'm going at here because, of course, he only played five years within a decade. And, yes, Demarius has more uh, receiving yards because, of course, he played twice as long, and also right. um, more touchdowns. But the thing is, uh, Megatron has more reception yards per game. And it ain't even right. funny. It's, it's almost like um, Megatron was averaging about 95 yards receiving throughout his time during, uh, from what, 2000. 10 to the time in which he retired, I think, in 2015. And I don't think maybe one or two other receivers averaged over 90 yards per game. It's that. So that one stat alone, regardless of the fact that he only played five years, and, of course, uh, uh, Calvin was such a huge and dynamic target for uh, Matthew Stafford that you, you can't – well, it's hard. I say I can't say you can't because you uh, obviously you can. It's hard to ignore what he was capable of doing within those five five years. But like I said, Demarius did put up numbers throughout that that time frame. Um, other tight ends that could be brought up, you know, because uh, like we discussed, uh, uh, Gronk and and Kelsey were the two tight ends names. And the one tight end I'm going to go after on this situation is. is Kelsey, and that's only because he hasn't been doing it as long as these three guys that I'm about to name. And, of course, these three guys have also put up numbers. And that would be Jimmy Graham, Jason Witten, 
and Greg Olson. Yeah. But the thing is, of course, Kelsey has more yards per game by at least 10 yards than those three guys. So I think that was the thing that got him over than um, the other three guys I just named. Because, like I always say, unfortunately, as, as great as numbers are, it's hard to put someone in what I like to call longevity numbers or total numbers than right. numbers per game. Numbers per game are more impressive to me than long-term numbers. But for me, it has to be a, 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 a great combination of the two. You have to have played a certain amount of years, and you have to be able to put up a certain amount of numbers. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they necessarily went wrong with who they brought up or who they put on the list. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are guys that you could have questioned whether or not they belong. But eh, it, I, I, didn't, I didn't find much fault on the offensive side. Well, how about this, man? Like, <clears throat> speaking of players, there are some players on this list that are underappreciated, I think, like mm-hmm. Frank Gore. Frank mm-hmm. Gore is so underrated, dude. I mean, all he does is puts up numbers. He has over 10,000 yards rushed for his career. Um, but people are talking about should he be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, has he not? If, he, if they remember Frank Gore at his peak in San Francisco, yes. That was the Frank Gore that really, I mean, he, that was, he was putting up like, what, 1,500 yards rushing in like three or four seasons. Um, and, um, he was amazing. I mean, the fact that he's still productive at his age, I mean, he's almost 40. He's like 37-ish, yeah. I think. And mm-hmm. he's, still, he's still contributing. He's not a stud, but he's still contributing, right? And mm-hmm. he, he just – but he is just so so underappreciated. And, you know, let me pull up the stats right quick. I mean, he, he, was, with, he was with Buffalo last season, right? He rushed for 599 yards. And mm-hmm. he scored a couple of touchdowns and, and 3.6 yards to carry. But people forget the San Francisco year, 1,600 in 2006, 1,695 yards, 1,102 yards, 1,036, 1,120. Last year in San Francisco, well, not last year, 853, I think it was hurt that year in 11 games. Following mm-hmm. 1,211 yards, 1,214 yards, 1,128 yards, 1,106 yards. And if you go to 2016, the second year in Indianapolis, he had 1,025 yards. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> that's not the numbers of a scrub. I'm sorry. I mean, he, that's, that's not a scrub. That's, those are not scrub-like numbers. He has 15,347 yards for his career. 79 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Okay. He had 468 receptions. I didn't even see his receptions. 468 receptions, 396 yards, and 18 touchdown receptions. So that puts him 98 total. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 97 touchdowns for his career total for his career. Yeah, and for him to be as durable and as productive as he has been throughout his entire career is astonishing. But I'm going to need your help in remembering the the, the the running back that used to play for the Indianapolis Colts that is also a Miami Hurricane 
that played there. Edwin um, James. It's, it's, I don't know yeah. what it is about them bats that came out of Miami during that time period. Both of them, because if memory serves me correct, Frank um, um, defeated James at, at, at Miami. And it, yeah. it, it was like almost the same type of back. The thing is, Edwin is, is a better receiver. But um, right. they, they still were both extremely productive and extremely productive for a very long time. I just wish whatever it was was capable of washing itself backwards in time and, and would have gotten on Clinton Portis and had him stay healthy. But once again, this is not about my Redskins. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah. But, I mean, Frank, he's just so underappreciated. Yeah. And I'm glad it showed him some love on this list. Um. You know, I'm, I'm glad that they did show him some love. Um, so that, that's good to know. And I feel bad for Joe Thomas. He spent all those years in Cleveland. Yeah. They didn't run shit. And, you know, <laughs> he's the first Bell Hall of Fame. I mean, he's such a great offensive lineman, and it's just too bad. Um, but outside of that, outside of my whole Drew Brees of Aaron Rodgers deal, I really didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with with the office, with the what with the, the all decade team from an offensive standpoint. I didn't really have a problem mm-hmm. with that. Didn't have any beef. Um, defensively, I mean, he's kind of splitting hairs. If I want to like put on some like others, like I would say, look, if this cat would have stayed healthy, he would have made this list, and that would be Ryan Shazier of Pittsburgh. If he would have mm. stayed, if he if he if he didn't hurt his neck, mm-hmm. I, I think he would have stayed. He, he would have been on this list. I mean, our defense suffered since he went since he went down. He yes. suffered, and the defense suffered. I mean, thankfully we're getting our shit back together defensively with uh, the drafting of uh, of Devin Bush and um, um, uh, and the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, mm-hmm. The trade we made like a week four or five or something like that when we thought that Miami was like doing a two big fire job, sale. Yeah, they were having a fire so We thought they would take them, but they ended up playing the asses off. And, yeah. you know, now they send the cap burst all those draft picks and opportunity to draft two or, or whoever they want to draft would be two or Burrow. But at any rate, the point is, is that, yeah, I think that uh, – Shazer would have been on this list as far as the all-decade team if he would have stayed healthy. That's it's a big what if, but hey, it is what it is, right? But the other guys who I thought um, that could have been in, in, in conversation for making this list as well on the defensive side of the ball, one, Jason Pierre-Paul. Yes, he's dumb for blowing up his hand with fireworks, but he oh, he's third. Third. <laughs> What's that? I said he should have been left off this list based on the stupidity alone, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, man. I mean, yeah, I'd like to laugh at him because of it. Yes, it's a, it's a calamity. But um, don't play with, don't play with fireworks. How about that? Um, yeah. but he was still right. So yeah, he was still third um, during that time frame in, in, in sacks in the NFL. So once again, a, a, a guy who could have been in the conversation. And then two guys 
who aren't necessarily sexy in terms of the type of attention that they garner um, by the media or by fans, but they put up a bunch of numbers. Uh, linebacker mm-hmm. Levante David um, put huh. up a lot of numbers in terms of combined sacks during that time frame. Was a tackling machine as well, but you know, once again, they're not necessarily seen as being sexy like your Darrell Revises or your well, even your Eric Weddles. I mean, as 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 let's pale of a guy that Eric Weddle is, he's still seen and is liked amongst fans and amongst media as well. But you start talking about guys on the defense, like Eric Berry, um, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. Uh, Honey Badger, it's hard to beat them in terms of personalities, especially if, like I said before, you're a lunch pill, get a guy like Antoine, but they coming out of Howard. You're just coming out there and just making yourself yeah. as relevant as possible, man, week in and week out. He's been a little bit quieter because, of course, he's a little long in the tooth now, but he's still out there. He's still playing. So, Right. But yeah, his time in Indianapolis, especially his early years, oh my God, he he, he was well, a beast coming out there and and, and, and playing, starting out playing um, out alongside uh, Bob Sanders, if memory serves me correctly. He's either he he played along Bob with Sanders, that's or, yeah, or replaced Bob. So it was one of the two. But he came in Indianapolis with that defense, played extremely well, played a couple of years, and then. And uh, San Fran played a year or two in Arizona as well. But, yeah, like I said, Antoine has been very productive as well throughout the past decade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you threw out the name Bob Sanders. That was a, that was a blast of the time. Um, uh, yeah. So, anyway, transition from that to another NFL aspect. During this time of year, like I mentioned earlier in my monologue, you have um, uh, uh, new, new uniforms around this time yes. of the year because the draft is like two weeks away. And mm-hmm. the day before, yesterday, the Buccaneers, throwing it back to their most successful years as a franchise when they won Super Bowl 38, I forgot. But um, but that was their most successful run. Talk about shocking things, seeing the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. That's shocking in of itself. But, <laughs> you know, nevertheless, that was the most successful run. And, like, the, 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 the late – Twenty uh, the the late two thousands and through the early part of the two thousand ten. I'm glad they got that stuff together. I'm not too broken up over the fact that they didn't go back to the go back to the creamsicle uniforms. To me, you know, kind of I don't know, dainty if you will. I'm trying to be politically correct here, but pretty dainty football <laughs> team to have cream helmets, cream cream pants, orange jerseys. A winking pirate. That 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 seems very, very dainty to me. So I'm glad. <laughs> to go back to that. Uh, yeah, because that just says masculine football team like a winking pirate. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so I really like. I really dig the color rush. The all pewter. I didn't see that mm-hmm. one coming. That was pretty cool. I like the all pewter. Um, but my question was this. Why the fuck did the Buccaneers change their uniforms a few years ago to begin with, with those Timex-ass numbers huh. and their XFL huh. look on their looking jerseys? Like, what the fuck was that? You know? But You know what it is? Anyway, I'm glad you made that mistake. 
every now and again, Nike will push the envelope, of course, as it pertains with their, their uniforms, especially for football. Um, they right. do wild numbers, like they, like you said, that they've done with Tampa, like they've done with the, uh, the Oregon Ducks, uh, those super huge numbers. The, the, they have to be at least 15 inches, the, the, the one that they get with the real big numbers that you can't miss. Um, and, yeah. and whatever it is that they're doing with Atlanta right now is also weird. But, you know, they, they, they we'll love to there. experiment with that. <laughs> Something else they like to experiment with is um, the nameplate on the front of the jersey. Like they have that big ATL on the front of the Atlanta's yeah. unis right now. Um, I think it's a little bit too uh, – that along with the, 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 the type of number that they're using on, on the uh, Falcons jersey is is it's weird to me right now. So it's going to take some time for me to get used to it if I ever get used to it. But, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know why they made that move. Um, and I do kind of like this this throwback to that, that late 90s, early 2000s Buccaneer team. Even though, well, once again, it's not about the Redskins, but this is that was a team that battled the Skins a lot uh, to either make the playoffs or end the first round of the playoffs. So I remember seeing that uniform a whole lot and got tired of seeing Mike Allstock run up the gut um, in that uni. Um, and it's kind of timely yeah. that, once again, it was a Super Bowl uniform for them. And there is some Super Bowl aspirations, even though I don't, want to believe that until I see it with this current Buccaneer scene. And to your point about sure. the all-pewter uni, I like it as well. It was, of course, they, because they were fried over that all-red color rush or reddish-orange color rush uni that they did not too long ago. Remember the infamous ketchup versus mustard game when they played against the uh, – the L- well, I guess they were the St. Louis Rams then when they had the um, – the all yellow uniforms for Saint for, for the Rams. That game looked horrible on TV. My God, that yeah. game was was hideous. But um, yeah, they probably caught a lot of flack over that and decided to go with the all pewter, which is not a bad decision. And if you know me, God knows I do not like seeing an all black uni for the sake of black. As a matter of fact, it's called black for the sake of black. And, and I've referred to it a lot. Uh, the homies over there at UniformWatch.com, they like to refer to it a lot, too. It's when a team whose primary color isn't black, but they have an all-black right. uniform just because they think it's cool. And now that's kind of passe, even though for whatever reason a lot of people still like it. I'm just glad that the Buccaneers didn't go into that direction and tip of the hat to stick with the pewter. Yes, that was the Peters are cool. The all Peters are cool. Hell, even the yeah. all gray with the, bus, the Detroit Lions is pretty cool too. But uh, at any rate, yeah, I love those Peters. I love those all Peters. Speaking of Falcons, someone, I was like, when I first saw that, at first I didn't know they were changing uniforms. But when I saw it on Sports Yahoo Sports, mm-hmm. the first thing put put my mind was. What in the except what in the XFL hell is this? <laughs> I, I thought it was all XFL all over again, especially eight, that red blend into the black jersey. That kind of threw me for a loop. Um, 
I mean, I was I was hoping to see, like, I'm glad they kept the black throwback uniform as well. But I was hoping to mm-hmm. see, like, well, I don't need to. I guess I don't need to see the red, the old red uniforms from from back in the seventies and eighties. I don't need to see that anymore. But, um, but you know what, the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. See, this is why I love, when Twitter puts this releases powers for good. This is what that I'm all about. But when the Panthers pull up the Falcons like tweet and just had <laughs> and just had someone laugh in the background and compared it to um uh the the, the uh Adam Sandler's like the last like the the longest yard jersey. Longest yard, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that was pretty hilarious. If y'all hey, check the Panthers Twitter feed, that was hilarious. That was pettiness at its at its best. I'm sure it wasn't the Saints that did this because I still think the Saints Falcons robbery is the most petty in all sports. But the Panthers <laughs> pulling the petty ass on the on the on the division rival, that was epic. Now that was epic. I mean, again, nothing be. I mean, hell, when the Saints still make fun of the Falcons on March 28th every year, <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. It's Atlanta <laughs> Falcon Day, 28 to three. Uh, <laughs> The twenty eighth of, of 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 March, um, you know that was, that was that was pretty cool. But you sound like you 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 didn't like the Falcons. You do you didn't use as much as I did, as 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 I did as well. I I did not like. I mean it's okay, but I mean plus the oversized F Falcon like superimposed of the F on on the on the helmets to try to do what the Buccaneers did. Yeah. Ago. And having a chrome like face guard of a black face guard, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. What 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 uh, what say you, man? Yeah, I'm the same way, you know. But I think the the biggest thing still has to be the numbers. And <laughs> God, I don't know if, like I said, man, before it's something that I'm I'm not going to get used to. It, it if it's not that traditional style number um I, I forget the exact name of what they call it but yeah that the numbers that they normally use in sports in terms of uniform design if it's not that if you veer anything away from that for me yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of hard for me to, to to get on your team in terms of that type of design especially when it's a, uh, a what is considered to be techno slash boxy with that tight face, yeah, it's 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 a no go for me. Yeah, it's like they try too hard to be futuristic. But mm-hmm. I digress. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams cover their new uniforms in another week or so. Um, it can't be as worse as the logo. <laughs> no, um, you didn't hear? They decided uh, not to change the logo now. Oh, really? It was announced recently that oh, okay. they've, they sent a feedback that they've received that they're not going to change the logo. And what makes it even funnier, right, was a, a tweet that was actually sent out by one Eric Dickerson where he had the, 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 the proposed logo change up and thought that, you know what, it would be better to use another design that he actually had to design up. I guess it's the design that they used for the um the the Rams Alumni Association. 
so like the the, the older uh, Ram, the, the, the the retired Rams players, and for those who are unfamiliar, it's actually the Winston Salem State Rams logo. Only they changed the color to uh, to it to be blue and gold. I thought that are you was serious? laughable. I am dead serious. Dead serious. All they did was just jack the Winston Salem State Ram logo and and change the colorway of it. Now, for those who, well, a lot of people don't know, and I found this out interestingly enough, that logo is actually designed by uh, by Aggies. So that's just, uh, uh, something to burn the uh, the Rams and Rams out there. <laughs> that yes, that logo that you love so much is designed by Aggies. That's another little gem for you to keep. But yeah, uh, if you look at the Rams' face, there's like a shadow on the mm. face that's a W. And yeah, that's listen. There you go. So yeah, they they try to do it, but you know, to to the L.A. Rams' point, uh, Winston Salem State tried to jack their old St. Louis Rams logo for a little bit. So I guess all's fair in love and war. I guess or in logos uh. and war. But um, yeah, the Rams <laughs> decided not to change that logo. And I guess you want to stick to what they've been using before. Now, I like the typeface that they did. I just didn't like that new Ram. And I was just a little intrigued to see what they were going to do with the uniform change, if they still are going to go through with it. But they're not going to go through with that new Ram that they're doing. Right. The feedback was well, cool. way too negative. Oh, yeah, they clowned them. It's kind of like when they yeah. clowned the Chargers for you. You know, but, but hey. Speaking of the Chargers, though, I'm, I love the fact that they went to the Proud of Blues as their primary jerseys, home jerseys. I love that. Mm-hmm. I really love it. That, they, they, that was a throwback. I just wish they would have kept the ass of Sandy Hay podcast. That's a whole other conversation, yeah. Yeah. But at least Matter fact, they recently changed their logo again. Gosh. Anyway. It's, 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 Diego, it's more of – I'm sorry. I said go back. I'm yelling at the Chargers. Go back to San Diego if they can hear me. Go back to San Diego. Oh, it's not going to work in L.A. The, that would be the better thing. Just go back to L.A. But San Diego, that would be better for you. But, yeah, with the logo yeah. change, they, they've decided to, to update an old look that they've had before. So I think they're, they're getting rid of that L.A. with that, that uh, Thunderbolt in it. But, um, but yeah, new logo for them, too. Yeah. Along with a new stadium, yeah, but but you know what though, you gotta love teams that they don't. That's, that's, look at the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas yes. Raiders. They're yeah. black. Perfect. They never have to change the uniform. They never should have to change the uniform. No. The defending champion. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. The defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> they, have to do they don't have to yes, change. Yes, they do. The they don't have to ever change the look. Um, the Steelers. Have a good look. They don't have to change that look. They changed the new. We changed the numerals in the mid nineties, but that was mm-hmm. pretty much about it. They really don't have to make any changes. Um, a team that they shouldn't have made changes to begin with were the like 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 were the Dolphins. They shouldn't have to make that. They shouldn't have to make any change. Their old school look, classic. The classic aqua and burnt orange, classic. And I'm glad the Buffalo Bills went back to the retro look. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the uh, the uh, the um, the old school like nickel nickel buffalo they they used to have. 
back in the OJ days. Yeah. But uh-huh. still, it's that that white helmet and blue blue jersey and white pants. That's a classic look. And you know, I'm glad it went away from the red helmet. I'm glad it just went back to. I mean, it's not even the one the original, but at least they went back to the 70s and 80s, you know, with the green helmet. Yeah, not just that. They've also changed that logo slightly, too. They've removed that oval. So that's something else that's going to be interesting to see how they um, execute that in usage, too. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have the old school jets, like, you know, with the one that with the the jet fan on the top when they back in the Mark Gaffino days and the New York Packers change days. But, you know, it's still close enough. But I wish the Mm -hmm. Eagles would go back to their classic uniforms of the 70s and 80s. That was definitely Mm. nice. With the Kelly Green and Gray? Yeah. Hmm. The Juan Jaworski days. Yes. That's cool. Interesting. Those are cool-ass cool-ass uniforms. That's that's when I started watching football. We, We all started watching football during those days. Um. And of course, Dallas. They have a. We we both hate Dallas with passion, but they have classic uniforms. You really shouldn't have to change those. Um, no. Nah. Shouldn't have to change those much. Love the helmet. Nah. Love the jersey. Um, I wish the Seattle Seahawks would go back to the original look. Gray helmets, lighter blue uh, jerseys. Back back when they were you playing in the Kingdom. Back when they were part of the AFC <laughs> West for so many years. Those are some classic uniforms, man. Someone, someone posted on Twitter a picture of Russell Wilson in those uniforms, like close-up poses, of course, doing game, doing game action. And I was like, that, those look sweet. Hmm. Those look sweet. Those old-school Seahawks uniforms. Now, I'll tell you this, though, and, and you may disagree with me. I actually like the new color scheme for the Seahawks. I just don't like yes. that lime green uniform. I like the fact yeah. that they use oh, it as the an accent. Yes. You, you, you okay. keep it as an accent. Matter of fact, I, I like the, the, uh, that wolf gray uniform better, that lime green uniform that they have. I, I feel you on that. So, yeah. That'd that'd be a cool I wish they would think of that more. Yeah. 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 Well, those are a little more than the white ones. I, I agree with that. Um, San Francisco 49ers shouldn't have to change that look too much as well. No. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, pretty much about it, I guess. Um, of course, the Bears classic look. Yeah. Um, so part of me, I mean, I like the, the way the Lions look now. Green Bay, very classic. I mean, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of looks that it shouldn't teams shouldn't really tinker with all that much. To be honest with you, I just wish that. The Eagles will go back to the 70s and 80s uniforms. Kind of wish that um, – what I, I mentioned earlier. I wish the Browns just leave their uniforms the hell alone. That would be a good one. Um, Who was that? But also, I just wish the, the Browns would leave their uniforms alone. It's already shitty. Brown and orange. Come on. Um, but you know what? But the, I am a huge but, fan of that colorway of brown and orange. It, it it speaks to that brand to me. Whenever I see that color scheme in, in, in those uniforms, I immediately know that it's the Cleveland Browns and no one else. Now, when you talk about their uniform, 
I don't know if I necessarily like the words brown on the side of the pants or when they tried to put the dog on with the words uh, dogs or like around the collar. They could have done without mm-hmm. that too. But the, the the color scheme and stuff, that traditional browns look, I don't know, man. It just it just speaks of classic football to me. And I'm I'm one of the few people that actually enjoyed that. It it it, it, it reminds Browns and Raiders, like you said, those two uniforms right there, straight up, straight down, as my old uh design professor Leander Kansas used to say, simplicity is the key to great design. And you can't right. get no simpler than that. Right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, but one last thing I wish the NFL team would do, besides the Seahawks going back to the classics, Chargers, keep your powder blues. We're going yeah. to go back to San Diego. Make the, make the, <laughs> work, work it out with San Diego. Because I'm telling you, the LA experiment ain't going to work. And it, it ain't going to work. Um, moving right along to the Major League Baseball, and it seems to that teams, the sports, are looking to get back real soon. And it couldn't be. And I know sports fans like us wanted to see that happen very soon as well, but we obviously got to make sure that everyone's healthy with the coronavirus, that there's A, there's a cure, and B, mm-hmm. that no one, the cure of the infection and everything, because Major League Baseball announced, you know, uh, uh, Mansfield, the, the, I forget his first name, the, 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 major, the baseball commissioner, said he hoped he was eyeing to return to training camps in mid-May and starting games as early as June, where they mm-hmm. play in front of fans on this. And the flexibility, like, like both sides are willing to, are flexible, the, the Major League Baseball and the Player Association are willing to extend the regular season to October, play neutral playoff site, playoff games in November, and that doubleheader to the schedule. I just don't, you know, and plus combine that with the fact that college football, well, like, I guess the AD from the Texas A&M saying that football, the full football slate could start in October. And, of course, uh, um, uh, Adam Silver and the NBA even uh, dropped their deadline of starting the finals or whatever and, and uh, by Labor Day. I mean, can we? is it really – is it really, really possible this year at all? I mean, I, I – I'm, I'm I'm almost made peace. I'm, I was I almost made peace with the fact that the NBA season's over. It's mm-hmm. going to playoffs. Just give the trophy to I guess whoever the best team rec, team record wise is. Come on down, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, <laughs> and oh, the Major League Baseball season. I'm I'm almost at peace with the fact that we may not have a, even a Major League Baseball season. And mm-hmm. Of course, I'm beyond at peace with the fact that. We may not have an NHL season. We may not have a Major League Soccer season, which sucks because I was looking forward to going to some FC Cincinnati games over the last year, just playing all camps that you see before they move to a new stadium in West End, a neighborhood in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I, I, I just, you know, but I'm just holding out hope for football. If, if, if I can't, if we, if I can't have my football. Even, I mean, at least, I mean, hopefully, it's, if, even if it's delayed, if I can't have my football, I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know what I College or pro. So, this, this tell me this. Is there any, I mean, Major League Baseball, anyone that salvaged the 2020 season? 
Is it possible? Now, and if so, how? Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't even play one on TV. But my thing is, we're starting to see some positive change in China, which leads me to believe that I guess the same time period of it happening here would give us around what uh, May, June, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, we could potentially have a truncated um, baseball season or a condensed baseball season. Um, we could potentially have a situation because what was it? Um, how many total games were, were they missing for the NBA? So uh, missing? if you play, yes. Because right, I, I want to say it was somewhere between 20 and 25 games left within the season. And if that was right. the case, if you were to say, okay, you know what, we play a 10-game season, um, top eight teams make it to the playoffs, and this is in June, that means we would have to have the playoffs in June, July, August. And oddly enough, that would end as the football season is beginning. Now, yeah, I think they play sixty-five, six. Some teams play sixty-eight games. No, sixty-four games. With sixty-four, sixty-five games have been played. So that means, on average, there's probably like seventeen, eighteen more games left to go in the season. But go ahead, yeah, sorry so, about that. So yeah, if you would do like a ten, a, a ten-game season, um, and, and didn't have a playoff situation. Um, it can be done, and that means if all of that is done, well, if everything is ready by June, July, that means we can go ahead and potentially have a push on the football season and get football in time. So there is a possibility. The thing is, though, that I don't want to see anyone attempt to do outside of, say, probably UFC, and I'll get to that in just a moment, is a situation where everyone is kind of sequestered to play in one region because the um, the logistics for that would be insane to have 30 yeah. to 32 teams playing, residing in one region, one city, mind you, would be extremely difficult to do as, a, as the way that I can think of it as, as of right now because you would have to accommodate for all of the players, the coaches, the, the, the team execs, the reps, um, God, the, the, the people who are going to operate the, the venues. Yeah. It would just be – a, a, a logistical it's a, well in my mind as of right now it would be a logistical mess but of course people who are smarter than me would handle that and try to figure that out but my thing is there's no need to rush this at all because my main concern is if I don't have it now I would I would begrudgingly submit that for the betterment and the welfare of the players as a whole because the last thing we right. need, man, is for these players to expose themselves to this COVID-19 and, and, and too early just because we want to right. be entertained. And, and that's the last right. thing I want because it's going to be a situation where 
if that becomes the case. A lot of star players that we want, really want to see aren't going to want to play. And, and that's the one thing we don't want. We don't want a watered-down product. We want to see the product as, as best as we can get it. So in order for that to happen, it would have to be as safe as possible for them to come out and participate. My, my mm. hope is that we get it. But as of right now, I'm not going to say no, but it's, it's going to take for everything to, to kind of get into a place where everyone is comfortable participating in it's easier it's it's easier logistics issue for the organizational front offices as it is possible right right um but going back to what you said about the nba you know being a visual one to start the season resume i think you say in july or uh-huh. august or what july correct well i was saying that if if they were if the season was to, if everything was to get back in, 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 oper- in full operation come June. You play a 10-game season, meaning that the playoffs will probably start somewhere between um, the middle to end of June. And if you do that, that means the playoffs, if you were to play the playoffs in its entirety, meaning a seven-game series for all rounds, that means it will probably last until potentially August. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm not clowning your idea. I'm just, I'm really not. I'm just saying the logistics are very ambitious. And yes, particularly talk about that baseball want to play in a few select places in the United States that haven't been hit yet, like in Arizona mm-hmm. or wherever. I'm like, how is that even going to happen in June? They're talking about doing that possibly in June. And yeah. I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it, at least like at least in June, because we hell we in Ohio we just starting to try to move the curve a little bit, curve a little bit on the coronavirus stats, but in terms of infections and whatnot. But the, the worst is yet to come. If you look at if you listen to the to the medical experts and you know look at the data, analyze the data, the worst is yet to come. And so I just don't know. I just I just don't know, man. I. This is a weird ass time, man. I just don't know. There's no way in the world you would have told me that I would have witnessed a pandemic in my lifetime. No way. Exactly. Here. Same here, man. I mean, I know the Spanish flu was the last big one, but that was obviously in the early 1900s. And this is crazy, man. This is crazy. I, I, we have a little bit of time, so I wanted to, I was, that was going to be the last topic. But I want to freeze mm-hmm. you a little bit and get your thoughts on this. About Mike Leach, uh, new head Oof. coach, Mississippi State. Uh, you know, before what happened uh, recently, I was a big fan of his. I love the fact that he has a pirate fetish and that he's <laughs> really quirky, really yeah. outside-the-box guy, doesn't take yeah. shit too seriously. He's a great offensive mind. I, I, you know, I, I admire all of that, but I mean, from what he, he did, and you know, mind you, you know, he, he didn't mean harm, but this is what he did. For those who don't know, I mean, a tweet that showed a meme of a woman, then a husband, a noose doing the stuff quarantine, and the, and the caption read, "Quote: Two weeks of quarantine of her husband, Gertrude decided to knit him a scarf." 
Okay. Yes, no, that's not racially insensitive. No, that's not racist. No, that doesn't have any racist intent. Okay? Mm. I get that. You get that. Most of America gets that. But the fact is, two things. He should never, ever, if your ass happens to be in Mississippi, a place in Mississippi, yeah. where so many horrors took place in the Civil Rights Movement, and during the early days of Jim Crow, I mean, you just don't do that. I mean, talk. I mean, that's like that's that's like posting a a swastika, uh, or like anything related to like Nazi Germany, or mm-hmm. anything like Semitic, or or anything like demeaning to different groups of people. You know what I'm saying? You just don't do that, especially something like a noose, and. There are so many people on Twitter who who, who say that, man, what are y'all getting so sensitive for? It's just a symbol, man. It's nothing much but a symbol, just, a, just a symbol. I'm like, okay, that's the case. Why don't you have one in your office at work? <laughs> Why don't you put, you put it in your profile picture on LinkedIn? Why don't you put it in your Facebook profile picture? Oh, that's right, because it's wrong. And people yeah. will either ostracize you or if you're in your office environment, they'll fire on your ass. That's why you don't do that. That's why you don't do that. And for a guy like Mike Leach, who's intelligent, he has a law degree for crying out loud, who knew, he should know better. If he knows about 1800s pirate history, he should know about that. He, he should know about that. And the fact that, you know, after he's his players, like like uh, showed the displeasure, and some of them into the transport, the the, uh, the transport portal. Mm-hmm. Like last, like Thursday, say I sincerely regret my if my choice if if they were found offensive, uh, if a noose is found of anyway. Oh. Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on that right quick. I'm not going in another angle a little bit, but 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 give me your thoughts on that. Well, I'll say this. First and foremost, I haven't fully immersed myself in the situation um, as much as I should. This is the second time that uh, it's been brought to my attention today, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I saw some stuff, but I didn't know exactly what was going on. Like, I, I saw that there was some some feedback towards Mike Lee, not feedback, but um, there, there, was, there was some uproar about uh, a tweet that, that Leach sent out. And then I also saw that players were looking to transfer because of the insensitive nature in which he handled the entire situation. So tonight I will be taking a look at the uh, the tweet if I can actually find it um, and, and assess it. But from, from what you're saying, um, I completely agree. That is something that you have to be cognizant of. I understand that, you know, sometimes we can be a little too sensitive, but at the same time, be sensitive, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, I, I just, yes. Be, well, be cognizant to why people are, are going to be overly sensitive. Or I shouldn't even say overly sensitive. I should say be cognizant of why people would react the way that they're going to potentially react if you were to do something of that magnitude. That is something that has to be thought about. And um, 
the way that you said that he worded his apology also was a head-scratcher to me as well. So I don't necessarily want to come out as, as someone that's going to completely berate Mike Leach in this situation without knowing the entire sure. facts. But from what I've seen sure. and what I've heard so far, it's not looking positive for Mike. And you're, like, you're right. I was one of those people who were in that same boat with you. Um, you know, huge fan of Mike, especially with, with his relationship with his players. But, yeah. um, God, man, this is this is one of those uh, you stuck your foot in it, and and you needed to do a better job cleaning that thing off, man. Well, so here's the thing. This is a learning I mean, moment, man. Well, the thing is that you add this to, to this layer to the story. He's a big fan of Donald Trump. He is a huge MAGA, huge uh, MAGA. Uh, to the point where he. This is before Trump ran for president. That book, like, How to Make Money or whatever, How to Get Rich or something like that. I forget the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Like, we cold-called cold Trump and expressed his, his, like, his love for the book to the point that they became real cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, during his, during his president run, when he was in Washington State, um, we supported Trump's uh, presidency. And to the point where if you, fast, if you go back a few, a few months to – this whole Ballyhoo trying to do huge waste of time impeachment trial, he being least supported Trump doing the impeachment trial. So you have that layer. So mm. you have that layer to the fact that he tipped his, dipped his toe in it and posted a, a picture of a noose on, 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 in a tweet. Again, it wasn't, he didn't mean any, I don't think he meant any racial intent, judging by the tweet that captured the tweet, but he has to know. He's a very intelligent man in the state of Mississippi. He has to mm-hmm. know. And to the point where Mississippi State Athletic and Senator Sharp did this on the students that they would like like uh, actually slap the, slap his wrist because they're pretty much garbage in football. So the athletic director John Cohen said he issued a statement that uh, while there was a there's a place and plan to provide first year coach, uh, Mike Leach Opportunities to quote expand his cultural awareness in the Mississippi. Huh? Huh? Really? Ah, uh, let me see. Lightfoot. Okay. If this was anywhere else, if this was anywhere else, this shit would have been a fireball offense. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. This is a fireball. That's a fireball offense. Again, I know he didn't mean any harmful intent. Doesn't buy. I'm beating my couch as I'm saying this for for emphasis. Like with this caption, and then Quran said in word this black people that it was a joke about obviously about a, a woman getting sick and tired of her husband during quarantine. But you do not post anything with fucking news. No Twitter, no Facebook, no LinkedIn, not even your office at work because if you do that, we all know you either get fired or divorced. If you if you you at your house and you're married, you either get divorced. <laughs> Unless your if, if your wife unless your wife feels that way too, or you get definitely get fired if this is that at your job or your job gets winds of it. That's why I don't that's why I don't post anything but news because we all know as black folks or anybody who knows history, um, you know, if, if they back in the day if white people if, if a certain group of white people want to flex their muscle against black folks, they did one or two things: brought the cross. Or just send or the hung the news. Yep. 
Yeah, that's why I don't fucking use a noose. For those people who say, well, oh, this is a symbol. Again, this is a symbol. Post in your it's office environment and see what happens to you. Here's the thing. Think about it like this. No other knot is a symbol. Let me say that again. Yeah. No other knot is a symbol. Who says? Has to be cognizant yeah. of that, man. Got to be. Yeah. Huh. And again, the man knows. The man knows that. He's not some dumb hick. He knows that. No. He's a, he has a law degree. He's damn near 60 years old. He should know better. Yeah. But anyway, again, he looks out to the fact, we, you know, not to just keep belaboring the point, he's lucky that Mississippi State sucks in football and most sports for that matter. Because if, that was, if there's a, any other place with a decent program and a strong alumni base, he'll be fired. This, this is a fireball thing. But you know what? When the program feels as, feels as though that they can't do no better, and you're talking about a program like Mississippi State that is looking to compete and stay competitive with the likes of Alabama, LSU, Florida, they go, they have a time in that conference competing. Right. And remember, they had with 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 um. That, that team they had a couple of years ago with uh, Robert and, and DK, and God, I forget who the head coach was then when they were going through their their, their whole thing of bringing in um, players illegally in, in order for them to compete. They weren't even Ole winning Miss, this. They weren't winning. That's Ole Miss. That's Ole yes. Miss. That was Ole Miss. That's Ole Miss. I'm sorry. You're right. That is Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. So yeah. you, you, you're looking at Ole Miss. You're looking at Mississippi State. Those are two teams that are looking to compete within the conference, and <laughs> they know they have a hard time. But in, in order to do so, you you got to have a head coach in there to, to, that's willing to that, – that, that guys are going to want to play for. And this type right. of situation is going to make it so that those guys are not going to want to play for Mike Leach unless he does a better yeah, job exactly. handling this or unless time washes over this. So – but it'll be right. interesting to see, um, one, how the team looks this upcoming season and then how he's looked upon from here on um, in terms of being a recruiter because it's going to be problematic well, you know what? If, if those that remember. It's, so, it's funny that you missed recruiting. I was thinking the same, especially in that conference, the mm-hmm. SEC, the Beast, a.k.a. the Beast, you know they're going yeah. to use that against them. You just know they're going to use that against him now. That's going to really fuck up his, his recruiting. They're, they're recruiting. And you plus you got a guy right right up the road in a place called Oxford, Mississippi, by the name of Lane Kiffin. I know this. He's going to use that against him. I mean, going into this, to this year, man, I thought it was going to be so cool having Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, knowing the same conference, knowing the same division, but in the Egg Bowl rivalry. Mississippi yes. State, Ole Miss. That was going to be hella. Those going to be hella fun. But it's now it's tainted. And I don't. Again, I don't know how this shit's going to sit, shape up. I don't know what's going to happen. But that's that's a huge black eye for Mississippi State. A huge black eye. And it's going to be interesting to see. I'm gonna monitor this for the next few months and see what's going to happen. But I mean, maybe 
maybe the worst thing that happened to to Mississippi State is that no football games. Well, maybe the best is the football games we played, and it's just that um, they get the minds off of it. Really, if it if it gets over and done with, but mm-hmm. bad look State and Mike Leach. I'm disappointed. He should know better than that. So anyway, I'm done ranting, man. I'm I'm out of breath. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> just take a. Get some, um, get some brew here, and like in the fridge, maybe some Angry Orchard. Just chill out for the rest of the night. I just need to catch myself. I'm tired. I'll talk to you uh, soon, man. Peace out. All right, Chief. Have a good one, man. Take care. All right, peace out, bro. My peace. All right. That's my boy Dwayne Ash. Please check him out on uh, the Yards of HBC Sports, where we wrestle all things HBC Sports as well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. This is Scott Burks. Uh, please be safe. Please stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay your asses home. Next time, 06. Peace.